morning, everyone. If you don't know who I am, my name is Jake Andrus, and I am the youth pastor here at Whitestone. Uh, oh, thanks. Wow. Uh, wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, before I get started today, uh, I just want to briefly highlight the fact that one of our elders, Steve Starkey, I believe right now is somewhere in the air on his way home from Malawi, Africa. And uh, Steve went over to Malawi to help with the Timothy Harvest Ministry Pastors Conference. And it's the first time since COVID that we've been able to get out over there. So it's pretty awesome. And uh, soon the THM Youth Conference will get started. And there will be 150 youth from the surrounding communities attending the conference. And uh, back in 2018, I went over to Malawi with Brian Granger and Ed Schmidt. And we had the uh, awesome, incredible experience of spending time with the THM leadership and uh, with the youth at the conference. And uh, we were able to see firsthand how God changed these youth. And I got to tell you, the joy and the excitement that they had for the Lord was really uh, inspiring and infectious. And, uh, and so I want to really uh, encourage you to consider supporting this youth conference in Malawi uh, by sponsoring a youth. There are still many youths that need to be sponsored. And I know it's difficult to... Uh, Know how your sponsorship matters since we're here in Wisconsin and the conference is all the way in southeastern Africa. But please trust me uh, when I tell you that your sponsorship and your generosity and your prayers, they matter. They matter a whole lot. And they are having an eternal impact on African youth, their families, and their communities. So if God leads you to, to do that, you can just go to our website, mywhitestone.org, or you can go to our app and click on the giving section and just designate your funds for the uh, Timothy Harvest Ministries. So, uh, okay. This morning, we're going to start with a candy quiz. Actually, if you need a Bible, please raise your hand. Uh, if you need a pen, just put a finger up. Um, and uh, thank you, Suzanne. We're going to get started with our candy quiz. As you know, on Family Sundays, uh, we do a candy quiz. And last week, our awesome care pastor, uh, John Newman, was the preacher. And I'm sure each and every one of you were paying super close attention uh, to his sermon. And we are going to test that knowledge right now. And so I'm going to ask you a question. If you think you know the answer, raise your hand. And if you do know the answer, you will get candy thrown at you. So beware, be ready. We should do waivers for these services. Uh, maybe next year. All right. Last week's not-so-famous character was Jethro, and he had a nickname. What was it? Was it Jeff, J-Man, J-Dog, or Ruel? Now, we're going to go over here first. Any kids or adults, if you know, if you think you know the answer, you can raise your hand. If you just want to pretend I'm not looking at you like you're in class, you know, like the teacher don't call on me. Okay, well, you're close enough. What do you think? What's the nickname? D. Very good. Good job. Here you go. Good job. All right. What's the next one? How many daughters did Jethro have? Do we have any guesses over here in this section? How many daughters did Jethro have? Any guesses? Way back there. Ann, I saw your hand. You're so close. It's, it's just a little bit more than five. Any other guesses? Yes. Four. So close. Even more than four. Seven. Great job. Great job. Are you ready? Okay. Oh, that was not good. Here. Give you more. Here's, here's another one. 
All right. The next question. When Moses told Jethro how the Israelites miraculously escaped from Egypt, who did Jethro give credit to? Anyone over here? Anyone over here? I see a hand. I don't see a head. I see a hand. Who did Jethro give credit to? God. Yeah, great job. I'll just walk the candy to you. That's just the safest thing to do. Here you go. <laughs> okay, well, here you go. All right. The next one, before you offer someone advice about a difficult subject, you should always what? Any guesses over here? Yes. Pray. Pray. Great job. Great job. Here you go. Great job. All right. This is for everyone. Jethro was able to notice that Moses needed help because Jethro what? Any ideas? This is a little bit more tricky. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, I know it's in there. Yes. Well, yeah, he cared about he cared about Moses, right? And he thought about someone other than himself. Great job. Here, there's another one. Good job. Give it to dad. Oh, mom needs one too then. All right. Okay. Uh, obey God's word and you will be what? Any ideas? What do you think, Avi? It's a tough one, isn't it? Does anyone else know? Yes, over there. Happy? Okay, I'll I can take that. There's another one I'm looking for. Another one I'm looking for. Good job, Grace. Blessed. That's right. Do you like Almond Joys? Yeah? Oh, good. There you go. There's another one. Great job. Oh, now, okay. So apparently, from what I've seen, Luke just takes handfuls of candies and just whips it at people. So I guess I'm going to do it. So be ready. Okay, just get ready. Okay, going for the back row. Are you ready? There you go. Watch out. Heads up. Here you go. Here's some candy. Sorry. Watch out. Here you go. If there are any babies, Luke has apparently nailed babies. <laughs> So, yeah, here we go. That's for being married to Luke. Okay. Got some more. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. Over here. Oh, I'll whip Here we go. Oh, yeah, the booth wants some. Okay. All right. The Snickers fly. There we go. All right. Okay, here we go. Oh, I guess. Here we go. Here we go. You know, here. Okay, all right. Here we go. Okay. This is the. Okay. All right. Okay. I need to save some of this. You'll, you'll find out why. Okay, I have one more Milky Way, though. Uh, all right, great job. Most of you were paying close attention last week. Great work. Last week, John talked about Jethro. And this week, our not-so-famous hero from God's word is Ananias. And that name might ring a bell for you because there are actually three different Ananiases listed in the New Testament. But this morning, the Ananias we're going to be talking about is from Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 17, so let's, uh, let's read that. I'll read that for you. 
in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests who arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for, not, for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're introduced to a disciple from Damascus named Ananias. And it says that the Lord comes to Ananias in a vision. And if you notice, Ananias isn't really surprised or taken off guard or freaked out at all, which makes me kind of think that Ananias has had these types of interactions with God before, which is pretty cool. So the Lord tells Ananias to go very specifically to a house on Straight Street and ask for a man named Saul of Tarsus. Saul will be praying there and he knows that Ananias is coming. Then Ananias will put his hands on Saul and pray for him and Saul will be able to see again and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you notice, Ananias isn't too sure, is he? Ananias is actually a little confused over what God is asking him to do. Well, why is that? Why would he be confused and unsure? Well, if you guys have heard of Saul before, you know that Saul is well known for hating followers of Jesus, right? In fact, Saul wanted more than anything to make the lives of Christians just miserable. Saul arrested Christians and he wanted to hurt them. In Acts 8 verse 3, it says, But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And 9.1, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats about the Lord's, against the Lord's disciples. Ananias seemed to have a really good reason to be scared of Saul, right? And we've all been scared before. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get freaked out. Sometimes I have anxiety. And uh, so this morning, we're actually going to play a little game that has to do with fears and phobias. It's not as scary as it sounds. And it's going to be using Kahoot. And so most, a lot of you kids probably know what Kahoot is. That means you can get out your phones. You don't have to hide them anymore. You can actually get them out, open up a browser, go to kahoot.it. That's K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T. And you can put in that room code at the top. Now, there is a max of 40 players so the sooner you get in, the better, all right? Uh, <laughs> so you can put your name and your, uh, or your family's name and last initial. Uh, but get in this game, and uh, we're going to see who is the smartest person in Whitestone Church this morning. We're going to confirm that. Uh, so just log in. We'll give you a few seconds. And basically what this is, guys, is a question is going to show up on the screen, and you're going to be able to answer it, but you're only going to have 10 seconds. So the sooner you answer it, if you answer correctly, the sooner, the more points you'll get, okay? And then it's going to show the leaderboard here. And uh, 
it should be, should be pretty fun. So we'll give you a few more seconds. We had a bunch of people last service, so hopefully we got some, get a lot of you join in. All right, we'll give you a few more seconds. And during the game, if you're not able to log in now, you can always log in as we play. I think on the bottom of the screen, it'll have the information. Okay, we're, oh, okay. All right. Give you 10 more seconds. Good luck, T-Dog. Okay, and... Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's get started. Let's get started. All right. So I'll try to read out the question five times, but you'll have to read it uh, for yourself as well on the screen. So the first question is this. What is the clinical term for fear? Is it excessive worrying? Is it phobia? Is it fear? Or is it irrationality? I thought that was a good picture to put up. It is phobia. Congratulations. 22 of you got that right. Let's see who is the leader. Hayden, great work. Great work. All right. Here we go. Question two. I hope you're ready for this. What is arachnophobia? Is it the fear of acne, the fear of flies, the fear of tall buildings, or the fear of spiders? What do you think? It is the fear of spiders. Great work. Great work. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> We've got a new leader. All right. <laughs> feel like I'm at youth group right now. All right. What is chlorophobia? The fear of clowns, the fear of cowls, the fear of clouds, or the fear of clothes? What do you think? It is the fear of clowns. That's right. All right. Let's see the leaderboard now. All right. I'm rooting for you. Second, third, fourth, and fifth place. All right. Deb, feel free to boot out anyone you want. All right. What is acrophobia? The fear of the circus, the fear of heights, the fear of loud noises, or the fear of acrobats? What do you think? It is the fear of heights. Great job. All right, let's check the leaderboard. Oh, smartest at Whitestone. Okay. All right. Okay, good work. Here's question five. We've got 10 total questions. What is sinophobia? Is it the fear of canes, the fear of dogs, the fear of mice, or the fear of masks? You're an old school member if you remember that mask from back Luke's birthday. It is the fear of dogs. I tricked you. It is the fear of dogs. Let's see the leaderboard now. Okay. Okay. All right. We've got a new leader. Please do your best. What is the fear of snakes? Is it snakeophobia, reptiliophobia, ophidiophobia, or slitherophobia? I hope it's slitherophobia. really want that to be right. Let's see. It is ophidiophobia. Most of you got that right. Great work. Okay, let's see the leaderboard here. Okay, the smartest took first place. Okay, here we go. We're on question seven. It's getting down to it. What is the fear of thunder and lightning? 
Stormophobia, astrophobia, zapophobia, or celestiophobia. What do you think? What is the fear of lightning? It is astrophobia. Great work. Low, lots of chickens. Okay, all right, we got a new leader. Excellent. Okay, question eight. We're getting down to it. What is the fear of germs or dirt? Is it germophobia, mysophobia, microphobia, or grimophobia? What do you think? It is mysophobia, not germophobia. Don't feel bad. Second service, all pick germophobia. All right, let's see the leaders. Oh, boy. Smartest at Whitestone takes over the lead. Excellent. Great job. Second place. Okay, don't worry about second place. Uh, this is true or false. Phobophobia is the fear of fear itself. What do you think? What do you think? True or false? It is true. Phobophobia. Okay. Let's see. All right. Lots of chickens. LD, Sawyer, double T coming up. All right. You can do this. Now, this last question is worth double points. So you want to get it right because this will determine the champion right here. Question 10. Let's see. Double points. <laughs> this is a big one. I'm not even going to say this. What is this? What is this word? Is it the fear of dancing hippos, the fear of Luke's sermons, the fear of Swedish fish, or the fear of long words? What do you think? It is the fear of long words. Okay, let's see now. Let's see our podium here. We got third place. LD, good work, LD, third place. Second place, double T, I'm so scared. What's first place? <laughs> Sawyer! Give it up for Sawyer. Great work. Sawyer, good job. I'll give it to your mom and sister because I'm sure they helped you with the answers. So, great job, everyone. Good work. Hope you guys had a lot of fun with that. Most of you put appropriate nicknames. That was good. Well, guys, I can be someone who is afraid, and I can have anxiety sometimes, but I know people who are brave. Maybe you know someone who's super brave. My family, my wife, Dina, my girls, Mia and Quinn, and my son, Levi, they are strong and they are brave, and they're some of the bravest people I know. And I'll give you a little example. Earlier in July, my entire family, the entire Andrews family, went to Fort Wilderness to family camp. And maybe some of you were there too, and it was super fun, and we had a great time, and uh, it was awesome. Well, our nine-year-old son, Levi, and if you know Levi, if you've ever met Levi, you know he's pretty fearless, and uh, he was swimming in the lake at Fort Wilderness, and he swam over to the tall platform, and he did this. You got this, buddy. Come on, Levi. I did it. You can do it. Uh, you got this. You ready? Come on, Levi. You got this. Go! <laughs> <laughs> nice job, buddy. Good job, Levi. Woo! Let's go. What an epic cannonball, huh? 
Well, I was super proud of Levi because when I was nine years old, I don't think there's any way I would have done that. I'm not very brave, but the people in my family are super brave. Well, guys, Ananias wasn't feeling so brave, right? Because remember, Saul hated Christians and he wanted to hurt them. So we can understand why Ananias was so scared and not feeling so brave. He was also confused over what God was saying. Saul was an incredibly evil dude. And that's why Saul was traveling to Damascus. He had been given authority from the high priest to find Christians and arrest them. Guys, most Christians would be running away from Saul, right? But God tells Ananias actually to go to Saul, right? It just, it doesn't really make sense. But God has a surprise for Ananias. God tells Ananias that Saul is now God's chosen instrument to proclaim his name to the Gentiles and to the people of Israel. Saul, right? How in the world is God going to use Saul, a very evil dude, to share Jesus with people? What are we missing, right? What is Ananias missing? Well, to find that out, we have to backtrack a little bit to, to see what happened to Saul on the road to Damascus. Uh, and as we talked about, he was heading to Damascus to arrest Christians. So I'm going to read Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who would belong to the way, any Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, and they heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So Saul was traveling to Damascus, and a bright light appears and knocks him to the ground, and a voice starts to speak to him. And the voice says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And basically, kids, this voice is saying, why have you been treating me and my followers so badly? But Saul, he doesn't recognize the voice, does he? So he says, who are you, Lord? Now, imagine how shocked and terrified Saul would be when the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Then it says that Saul opened up his eyes, but he could no longer see anything. He was blind. Saul had an encounter with Jesus, and he obeys without question and without objection. He obeys Jesus. What a huge plot twist, right? We go from Saul being a dude who hates the followers of Jesus to actually hearing Jesus' voice, obeying him, and beginning to follow Jesus himself. And guys, Saul's life was never the same. When people encounter Jesus, their lives are never the same. It doesn't matter who they are or what they've done. When people meet the living Jesus, their lives are turned upside down. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you've had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. 
I want to encourage you to tell someone. Whether you're a kid or you're an adult, people need to hear about the power of Jesus. Not about a religion, not about a church or a pastor, but about the power and goodness and love of Jesus. So yeah, Saul's life had been changed, but Ananias doesn't know it, right? He only knows of the evil Saul who hates Christians, but God tells Ananias, Ananias, go. I'm going to use Saul to do big things, and he is going to tell many people about me, and he's going to suffer for me. But guess what? Even though Ananias is confused and scared and freaked out, he obeys God, and he goes to where Saul is. Saul, who we also know as Paul, right, was once one of the villains of the story. But then God does something miraculous, and the villain turns into a hero, right? It's kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge transforming from a grumpy, selfish old geezer to a generous, tiny Tim loving super boss, right? Or it's like Adam Banks playing for the hated Hawks and then becoming a legend on the Mighty Ducks, right? Or it's like Apollo Creed fighting Rocky and then becoming one of Rocky's best friends and possibly the greatest scene in movie history. <laughs> the villain becomes the hero. Saul hated Christians. He wanted to arrest them and see them hurt. But because of the obedience of Ananias and through the awesome power of God, he becomes one of the heroes. And Saul goes on to risk his life to tell others about the gospel of Jesus, the good news and the truth of Jesus. And did you guys know, when you look at your Bible or look in your Bible and look in the New Testament, he wrote almost half of the books in the entire New Testament. If Philippians 1.21 says this, for, me, for to me to live is Christ and die is gain. What a crazy transformation, right? And you know what? It's possible that none of this happens. It's possible that none of this happens. It's possible that Saul never tells people about Jesus. He never takes missionary journeys and never risks his life for the sake of the gospel and never writes a word that ends up in our Bible. What if our not-so-famous hero, Ananias, never obeys God? When God told Ananias to go and pray for Saul, what if Ananias would have said, yeah, God, I hear what you're saying. That sounds really neato, but uh, Saul is an awful dude, and I'm not going anywhere near him. So I'm sorry, God, I just can't do it. What if Ananias never prayed for Saul, Saul never regained his sight, and he didn't receive the Holy Spirit? Maybe he doesn't go on to live an incredible life for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus. We should obey God even though it may not make sense to us. Thankfully, Ananias did obey God, even though it didn't really make much sense to him. But Ananias obeyed God and Saul's life was changed forever. Right now, if you are a follower of Jesus, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about people who have been a part of your life 
who have obeyed God and impacted your life spiritually in a big way. Maybe they told you the truth about Jesus. Maybe they showed you his love by the way they treated you or by the way they lived their life and valued you. Could be a family member, could be a teacher or a coach. Close your eyes. We're going to take 10, 10, 15 seconds. Close your eyes and think about some of those people right now, okay? Thank God for those people, right? I want to encourage you, please consider texting or calling people that God brought to your mind and just thank them for the impact that they made on your life. Don't let fear keeping you, don't let fear keep you from obeying God. And the last point is this, guys. Obeying God can have huge ripple effects. Thank God for the people who are a part of your spiritual story and they obeyed God. Guys, Ananias obeyed God and Saul's life was changed. And because of Saul's changed life, God used him to change millions of lives throughout the course of history, even today, right? Huge ripple effects. God has bigger plans than we could ever imagine. And if we chose to disobey him, we could definitely miss out on something incredible. And so could the people around us, right? Remember, guys, Jesus knows best. I was just talking with my son about this week. Guys, we can trust that he knows best. And when he tells us to do something, we should obey. Following Jesus and living for him is the best thing we could ever do. In fact, it is literally what we were created to do. Guys, God created you on purpose and for a purpose. And as we close this morning, I just want you guys to remember these three things. When people encounter Jesus, their lives are never the same. We should obey God even though it may not make sense to us. And obeying God can have huge ripple effects. Guys, your life following and obeying Jesus could have an incredible effect on the lives of people around you. Just like our not-so-famous hero of the Bible, Ananias, right? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the lives of our not-so-famous characters in the Bible, like Ananias. Help us to learn from Ananias and his courage to obey you, even when he was confused, even when he was scared. God, give us the strength to follow after you, to obey you, even when we're scared. Help us to see that living life for you is the best life we could ever live. It's the life that fills us with purpose and hope and joy. It's what we were created to do. God, thank you for the Whitestone family. Help us to feel your presence this week and live our lives for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, if you have any, uh, you want any prayer, please come up here to Suzanne and ask her for prayer. Otherwise, have a great day and an awesome week, and we'll see you next Sunday.